autumn is approaching. Welcome to the next episode of the Reimagining Work podcast. Things are beginning to change in the air, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Rog and I are going to talk about uh, Planet Social Business, carrying on from the previous but one podcast. And I am going to be um, prodding and quizzing and um, finding a little bit more about what goes on when there's a business that's that's converting from business to being social business and extending the conversation we had before. So say hello, Roger. <laughs> hello, Roger. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's, there's a few things that I'm um, curious about, and I may play devil's advocate a little bit with you. Um, I have some questions, and I... I I'll make it difficult for you. Um, and I know there's loads of things that, that you can um, uh, comment on with regard to social business. One of the things that we were talking just before we started the podcast, and you said it's human interrelationships that you want to build on. Um, perhaps you sort of say a little bit more about that with regards, again, what social business is for those maybe who didn't listen to the previous podcast about planet social business. What you want to do as a social business is, or as any business, is create an environment or a culture where the human interrelationship is um, um, used to its fullest. Right? Does that make sense? Mm, does to me, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. That, that means that you create an environment where people are. Uh, willing to talk, willing to ask questions, willing to help solve problems uh, or see problems um, or where they participate in innovative ideas uh, because they first know about them uh, one way or another through the community channels, uh, the social channels within the company, uh, communities they can be part of. And um, um, uh, and just have a general interest in a certain topic, which they want to uh, uh, know more of, or uh, uh, brainstorm on, or just help people find a certain solution. Or maybe they're just the subject matter expert within the company and answer questions on, on the social platform without having. Um, the fear of somebody coming up to you like you spend too much time on the social platform answering questions do your work and you go like oh dude that that is part of my work right? and that's only a small part of obviously of, of like the the big picture mm. so you so you talk what well, i mean that phrase you know about human interrelationships absolutely chimes with me you want to maximize the the connection the relationships that people have with each other i'm taking that to mean internally within a business and with the business and its customers and its suppliers and its uh wider environment that it exists in its competitors um and you talked about creating environments that will help to maximize the human interrelationships who does the creating of those environments to your mind uh usually the ones that uh prohibit those environments from existing in the first place so why would they do that <laughs> if they're pro like if they're prohibiting it feels like an act of will i'm prohibiting this environment where good positive interrelationships well, it can also happen. be like just a force of habit or tradition 
or anything else really i mean tradition is a very powerful uh inhibitor for progress right yes um and if you have usually a male uh but it could also easily be a woman but um you have the person that traditionally is trained business school whatever uh as a manager and the only way he knows how to do what he does is to make sure he controls as much as possible micromanage mm-hmm. as much, mm-hmm. much as possible and mm-hmm. uh, that's that doesn't make it a, a bad person or a, a dumb person or uh, an insensitive person or an antisocial person it really doesn't sometimes it does but mostly it's just the way they think and the way they've been brought up within the corporate world the corporate structure and um but you have to assume that and i know assumptions but you know you have to assume that people in their nature want to share things with each other want to communicate with each other want to be part of a group and uh, want to be striving together to achieve a greater purpose um that's what we do on social media although you know sharing your cat pictures doesn't really sound like it but it does prove the the wanting to share uh, mentality that people have and if you are a command and control manager you want to limit that as much as possible you want them to share anything that they mm. have with you in order to that so you can control it so mm. yes if if you it's the ones that are the most rigid that need to change the most right I mean, I find that, and I'm always fascinated by by paradoxes, and I find that a very particularly interesting paradox. One, because I think the conversion to social business is not just a change, it's a revolution. It actually is going to change power structures, organizational structures, um, governance, that sort of thing. But the paradox is that the people that you're suggesting need to be the ones creating these new environments that are more conducive to better relationship between people are the ones who have the most to lose by it so as 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 um someone who you know goes in to say uh consult with a business who wants to take that journey to social planet social business how do you deal with that kind of paradox you know what i mean like the people that have most to lose are the ones that you've got to get on board is what you're suggesting well you you start at the very top or as high as possible and you talk to people who are willing to listen and because if you walk into a business or if you try to connect with somebody within a business that is extremely old school command and control uh you know oak furniture or and uh i'm not i'm just stereotyping yeah i'm just stereotyping now so okay um and um um but if you want to, because, you know, if you talk to the wrong person, you can hit your head or bang your head against the wall all the time and nothing will change. And as a consultant or as a revolutionary or whatever you want to call it, don't bother. I mean, mm. s- s- stop stop pushing. And that that's that kind of the... Um, <laughs> in martial arts... 
uh, and Aikido and Wing Chun mm. and there's a couple of others, you don't push against the force that's mm. coming to you, mm. right? You deflect it. And mm. then you, well, you use the energy that's coming towards you as a, as a way of, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because if yeah, you start yeah. pushing against it, mm. then it's going to push harder and you just, you keep pushing and you don't get anywhere. You don't get a result. So you move about and you change the, 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 the flow of energy. And that's the same thing within a change like this. Um, I call it a change. It's fundamentally a, a revolution, but, or mm. in the end it's a revolution, but in, as a fundamental thing, it's it's a change, mm. and uh, it's just so big that people fear it. Mm. But if you, especially when you hit a CEO that's just pushing, 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 then at some point there's no point in trying to convince him or her in order to do anything, mm. and uh, you just move on. So you need to have somebody who's willing to listen, um, to who's open uh, to the idea of social business, the philosophy. Mm. You know, who wants to share uh, an X amount of time, five minutes, half an hour, whatever, or a morning where you can do a workshop or you can do a good presentation. You know, you spend some time with a few key members within the company in order to explain exactly what it is that you can do. And mm. once that happens, then you can start the process. But you have to get your foot into the door, or you have to get into the door, right? Well, I, I mean, I, you know, I started the podcast with the reference to autumn approaching, and I look out my window, and the trees are just beginning to get a slight tinge of yellow and brown on the edges. We cannot stop that change and it's quite a big change in the life of a tree it loses its leaves it goes into hibernation for a, a short period and with with social business i get the impression from our last podcast around this planet social business that it's a movement it's a thing that you we can't stem the tide of it's a thing that will be coming the way of every business so there will be some uh as you say who may be resistors to it a little bit like King Canute saying, I'm going to stop the, the tide from coming in. Um, you're, you're suggesting that we work with people who are already on board with the idea that this is a, a revolution that needs to happen. If you, if you consider it on, a, on, a, on a, a, a company scale where you start with uh, probably a top-down um, change, um, you you approach the people who want to be approached with the change and you get them on board and you get your key figures and you get your, your, your ambassadors and, and those kind of people that want to lead the change and they'll infect others and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, then you get your trickle down and then you get your early adopters and then you get your, uh, your, 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 the people, the masses that are going to join. And eventually you have a few strays that are, don't have a choice because everybody's doing it anyway. So you have to. And uh, however reluctant they may be. And the same thing is going to happen on, on business level, on, on different businesses. You have a business that is adopting this philosophy this change this revolution and uh, because they are doing it um, 
they kind of might be forcing a supplier, for instance, to use a certain network. And that supplier goes like, well, that works just like a charm because we can know exactly where and what and how and when and how much and whatever. And they might uh, convince another company that uh, they supply to to use the same platform because it works. And so you have that 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 nest that that's growing that network is growing and people get infected by it and there's going to be companies that are going to be difficult to change but they will change anyway and there's going to be companies that resist fully and uh, going to hold out as long as possible and uh, some will you know flip over just in the nick of time and others will just perish and just become obsolete. Mm. I, uh, how change happens is a, a really important and interesting subject for me. I think, it, you know, in any realm of business life or work, working life, how does change occur? Um, and you said preferably top down. Say a little bit why you, your your preference is for the top down um, approach to a change in a, in an organization. You get a um, a more solid. Uh, uh, support uh, in order to have a complete makeover if you want to call it a makeover uh, of a company you need the CEO for instance and managers to be part of that change because you want to create a culture where people will speak up whenever they see something or when they have an idea how silly it might be but you want you want that to happen right you want them to when they spot a certain problem you want them to speak out instead of just be quiet and don't dare you want them to speak out but you also want as a ceo to be notified for instance when the problem the word problem is in a in in some status update or whatever and then you can react to it and you go and you don't have to be like overly involved or whatever, but you can be like, oh, thank you for bringing this to our attention. Or do you have any more information about it? Or did you speak to that and that person because he's in charge or she's in charge of the, uh, the process that, 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 that's, you know, that's what you're talking about. And um, so it's going to take money. It's going to take time. And people need to be convinced. So if you have your top management involved in the project, it's going to make life a lot easier. I, I, I suppose I can see how in some respects things would be easier. Like some things would be made easier if you've got the, the, the sort of top level on board already. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that that would be the case all of the time you know i think of bottom-up approaches for example i associate the word viral with bottom-up it's it's popular in other words people have got on board with it without being compelled or coerced or given uh, management directive or suggested that if they don't toe the line their jobs might be at risk or something you know what i mean like there seems to be something and maybe it's just inherent in me that i have this idea that something which is bottom-up viral comes from genuine will of of people who are using authority or uh... Uh, it's not. It's not. It's actually not a problem with authority. It's. It's about a question of where where power and control it's sits. The, uh, if if you have a uh, a bottom up 
um, approach where, where where obviously you have different kinds, but if you would have like a lone uh, disruptor trying to improve on the way that she works or he works and um, because there's all these modern technologies and modern way of working that are out there there's so many things happening at the moment there's always something that somebody can use in order to improve the way they work but you know their manager doesn't really think about it you know and you don't dare go over his head so you got a problem and blah 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 but there's things that you can do in your workspace in order to be more productive or have more efficient meetings or you know those kind of things or just finding the right documents or creating a folder with certain keywords where you know in your SharePoint environment because you know you have a SharePoint environment but nobody's using it anyway but you want to use it and you can get your team to use it you know and then you can do that small steps and and see if you know others pick it up or you send an email out or you talk about it with friends or colleagues at work and 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 you might be able to start a revolution or indeed with uh, uh, Celine Schillinger where you have a more dr- dramatic subject like gender equality where everybody can get behind Mm. Uh, or at least a lot of people can get behind anyway and uh, yeah and that has got the potential of going viral and Mm. that has the potential to change a company from within Uh, but you know it's timing it's subject it's who does it who do you contact and there's a lot of ifs and buts involved with that Uh, Mm. if you have top management buy-in it doesn't necessarily mean that the change is coming from the top right it's just you have the support coming in from the top. And the change still happens from the bottom up. Uh, middle management is going to be the problem uh, or going to be in mm-hmm. trouble. But it's, it's top management creating an environment uh, where people are willing to take that extra step in order to be more productive uh, and not necessarily as a target, but it's a consequence of being more open and more uh, social, a more trusting environment where people can. And then the, the the change comes from the bottom anyway, because you know, at the end, it's the the, the employees that that have to do all the work, and and they're the ones that are gonna make the big change and the big impact, and management has just has to be able to support and provide. So is that that's the create that's the thing we used to earlier about creating the environments that that support that that planet social business to thrive. Because again, it comes back to you know you're saying it's human interrelationships that you want to build on, and if that's the thing you're trying to create, it seems to me that's the way that you have to go about it as well. That's both the means and the destination, if you like, human interrelationships. So the management's role is really around that creating environments that allow those things to flourish, the better relationships between people within a business, within the business and customers, that sort of thing. Is that is that what you're saying? That the, the top-down thing is not a directive, but it's more a we're on board in creating a different way of doing business. It has to be, right? And these are the structures that we want to put in place to support that to happen. Yeah, because it's, it's what you said. I mean, you don't want to create that paradox where um, – because if a company – you know, has a 
the board, the CEO, whatever, hears that story about social business and they go like, hmm, yeah, that's interesting. Let's get a consultant in. And then the consultant comes in and tells them exactly what they want to hear um, because, you know, he can make more money that way. So he stays in a little bit longer. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to put up the Ten Commandments of being a social business up on every wall, uh, every toilet, and we're going to communicate that. And that's how we're going to live by. Those are the rules of a social business. Right. Well, that's not going to work, right? I mean, on you can own, do that. On its own, it will work, certainly. I mean, to have those things uh, on display well, is well, You'll only create resistance. But if, if, if they are purely just things that are laminated and left on the wall, then, uh, yeah, I agree with you that, that they, they have no impact. So it's something. It's about what, you, what gets done with those Ten Commandments or... Exactly. You don't have to write them down. And, mm. and when, you, when you use uh, uh, Ten Commitments, then, you know, it, it already uh, uh, sounds very uh, forceful. Um, so I'm just looking up. Yeah, look, there you go. The Ten Tenants of Social Business. This is something that... Uh, um, uh, um, Dion Hinchcliffe came up with in his book uh, mm-hmm. Social Business by Design and I like that because it, it's a little bit less um, um, not demanding but it's less forceful prescriptive yeah okay, okay there you go and and this is I'll just run through them. So it gives you a good idea of, of the change that a management and the philosophy, the culture has to go through in order to provide an environment where people really uh, can step out and, and take part in something a lot greater than the sum of its parts, right? So one, anyone can participate, right? That speaks for itself. And stop me if you have a question. Create shared... I certainly will. Fa- huh? I certainly will. Shared, uh, create shared value by default, meaning that anything you create, a document that you create or whatever, make sure that it adds to the overall progress of the company eh? or, or meets the standards of the business goals. Even if it meets my, my solitary needs, that's still... If it, if it, as if a it, part uh, of the whole, excels, it's still a, that still counts. That's it classifies. Of course, yeah. If it excels yeah. you, you know, if you do a course, for instance, that that benefits you in your development as an employee, that's, right. that's going to that's right. It's going to benefit the company. That's right. That's what I, one of the things I was thinking of. Yeah. Number three, while participation is self-organizing, the focus is on business outcomes. So you create a community. And, of course, there can be a community about some off-work topic, maybe, whatever. But the main idea of creating communities or creating content has to be focused on business value. Can I just... Uh, there's, and there may be a semantic point that I, I... And I do sometimes get stuck on semantics. You, when you say you create a community is in for me contradiction to the idea of self-organization so if in a community if if there is somebody if there is somebody creating a community it seems to me that it would be far more potent if the community created the community do you see what i mean around that that's a, that's part of that that's part of the revolution in in, yeah, in, in, so, in how somebody things has happen. to kick it off right 
I mean, you're sure, not gonna... but it's going to be one of the members of the community, not a manager saying you five people are in that team or that's you are. Well, you, you, are you, the can, community. You, you could do that in, in, a, in a project sense where we go like you, you and you, you are in that project. So I'm going to make you a member of this community. Right. Mm-hmm. But what you want is that employees start their own communities. That, that seems more congruent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So number four. Enlist a large enough community to derive the desired result. Okay? So if you have a very small community, if you have like 10,000 people and you have a community with two people in it, it's not going to be very effective. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number five, engage the right community for the business purpose. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. That, that I go along with that. They have to be groupings, communities, teams, whatever you want to call them. Well, need yeah, to be purpose, I, I wrote purposeful. down relevancy is crucial to building a valuable community that suits your business purposes or goals. Absolutely. Yeah. Only yeah. when the right community is engaged will content be created and can critical mass be achieved. Okay. Number six, participation can take any direction. Be prepared for it and take advantage of it. Absolutely. So. This goes back to creating an environment where people are allowed to think outside of the box, right? Uh, take a certain direction because well, they just feel like it. Okay. Uh, seven, eliminate all potential barriers to participation. Ease of use is essential. So have a platform that has the lowest threshold possible. And um, so, uh, for instance, like what we talked earlier about, like adding to something, you're not going to say like, you can't use your email anymore as of uh, October 1st. This is the platform that we're going to use now. And, uh, and the only reason you bought the platform is because the salesperson of that particular software brand was uh, or had nice legs or... Uh, was the cutest or had the best deal or made the, the grandest promises, right? And um, the, it's a pitfall. Isn't, isn't that how we always buy our stuff? Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, you shouldn't, right? You should do some research in it. Okay, okay. Let Number eight. Uh, listen to and engage continuously with all relevant social business conversations. This is where also top management comes into play, right? And um, so what I wrote down, in order to create momentum, you need to engage. This is especially relevant for, relevant for executives. And uh, because once you have executive buy-in and you create a community and you know there's a C-suite up there, but you never, you, you don't go there as an employee. You don't talk to them ever, but you create a community and maybe they have somebody just monitoring everything and go like, yo, dude, Uh, see something you need to look at this community because for whatever reason and then he can log into the system go to the community see what it's about and see the discussions that are going on and support it right and go and just say hi there and i'm reading what you guys are doing loving it uh have you thought about this or that in order to turn them into a certain direction right this is where the power comes in when you have executive buy-in because people want to, you know, have, uh, oh, again, the word, um, 
they want to know they want a pat on the back they want to know it's okay that whatever it is that they're doing they want approval i sometimes in some cases yeah i think i think i mean to to take your your um to take your your question earlier you have problems with authority i think there's a thing that goes on for us as individuals in the systems that we're raised and in the systems that we go off to work in around how we relate to authority and i'm not entirely sure that everyone I mean, I'm absolutely open to be challenged on this. In my experience, I'm not entirely sure that people go to work to seek approval from an authority figure. They they um, they got mummy and daddy to do that, and uh, you know I you know I think if 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 that's what they they need, then there's some different relationships that can be forged. I'm I, I'm not necessarily saying they need it, uh, but I am saying that. Um, it would help in the sense that there is a certain uh, glass ceiling that people will, will hit um, sure. when they try to undertake something within a company because they are always afraid that they, want, they, they don't want to uh, bump into someone bigger and put their own uh, uh, position in jeopardy or whatever. If they know that they can do it regardless and they have the support coming from the top where somebody goes like, whether you seek approval or not, but you can tell me that if you're working on something, on an idea, and you're working it out with a couple of colleagues in a community and you have some C-suite person mm. come by and go like, this is, this is good, I like this, keep going, you can tell me that you don't, you know, you don't necessarily need to like it or go home like, oh, goody, 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 goody. You know what happened today? Mm-hmm. You know that's not what this is about. But you get a green light. You know, you get support and you get something to. All oh, right, okay, this is good. And then you know, I mean, it gets a lot. The opposite is when your manager comes to you, go like, looks over your shoulder, and what are you doing, John? Mm. That's not work. Absolutely. It's it's the same coin, just a different side of it. One of them just feels a bit kinder than the other one. I think, I mean, I've heard you use the expression peer pressure. I think, again, to come back to what you said, human interrelationships, if my peers and and also it could be the people in C-suite, it could be people who I'm collaborating with, it could be people who are in a different part of an organization. There's something about not coming from power, you know, sort of from a power and control thing of I'm doing a good job, I'm doing a bad job, but this is valuable to our community, to this business as a community. I feel like I'm adding some value, and I think people do want to feel like they're adding value to something greater than themselves, not to get a pat in the head from mummy and daddy. That's I'm being a bit cheeky around this, but I think that's the point I'm trying to make is that the value that we add comes from peer um acknowledgement and um uh, that's what's know. the word i was looking for yeah 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 there you go you found it acknowledgement yeah acknowledgement um well you know you're not doing it for nothing right sure that's right so i got two more nine uh the tone and language of social business are most effective when they're casual and human human that seems sensible to me yeah but this also goes back to executive buying because they need to learn to communicate with employees. And it's something that not all uh, chiefs uh, can naturally do very well, right? 
uh, are so, some are just incapable of having a normal conversation, but also the other way around, right? I mean, talk to talk to your your CEO, especially once they you know enter your chat room or whatever. That uh, don't shut down because certainly there's a top level manager there, but just keep the conversation going. So it, it always goes both ways, right? Mm. Lastly, number ten, uh, and I will put the link to this. Uh, I wrote a blog post about. It. I put it in the in the. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, number ten. Uh, the effective social business activities are deeply integrated into the flow of work. Well, that's a tough one because that's going to take some time, right? So the long-term concept of social business shines through here. Mm. A fundamental approach is a necessary step to integrate social business throughout the whole company to make business to make it business as usual. Mm, that's so right. That, that's where an, you want to end up. That absolutely, it's not an add-on or a thing that is extra to your work. It becomes integrated into this is this is how we do our work, and that's the exciting thing I find is, um, you know, just to take the point that you've made just previously around getting people to speak to each other, human to human. One of the things that I have met in my work is. Um, people in, in privately with me saying how difficult it is to bring themselves to work. Something seems to happen when they cross the threshold of the door at work where they feel they can leave themselves behind. And that real shift they notice when they start to relate to others in their workplace as humans rather than as people with, um, you know, uh, sort of rank or status or, and the, the, the change, the enormous change in, the, in how business gets done when people begin to see that we're humans relating to humans trying to achieve something together um, that becomes business as usual and that's really what I think the whole thing is around is that social whatever you how, whatever you kind of how you've approached social business it's not an add-on it's not an extra thing it is the the shift in how work gets done I believe yeah mm. I agree mm. well I think we're about out of time again we are unfortunately um, so we will wrap up this week's um, podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so for those who haven't listened to it, try episode four, Planet Social Business. It uh, predecessor to this one. Um, also, please, if you want to catch up with us, do that at any platform, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, all links are in the show notes and well thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next time goodbye <music>